Welcome everyone, this is PlantTherapy.Live coming at you this week and live once again. My name is Ray. And I'm Pache. And we would like to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> Did you say Thanksgiving? Absolutely. <laughs> it's the national holiday, isn't it? Uh, I absolutely love it. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, welcome to everyone joining us tonight, both live or listening to the recording after the show, whatever's convenient for you. Uh, we are live on Twitch and YouTube. Visit us at planttherapy.live for our links to Spotify and iHeartRadio. And you can always listen to them directly from our website. The key here is, is to just go to planttherapy.live. It's all here. It's all fresh. And it's all for you. You get it all at planttherapy.live. So let's go ahead and head over to Facebook and get some smashes on our like button. You can find our link on our website as well. Pache iHeartRadio continues to be our number one platform. That is fantastic. We thank you guys so much uh, for listening and tuning in. Yeah, that's because people are, are going to the website and listening from there because it's so easy. And as we talked about before on some previous shows, I did some digging before the show uh, with regards to our listeners. So did you want to get into reviewing where our current listener base is from? I'm curious. You uh, you told me that we have a new uh, country. We do. Germany is now on the map, and I'm really getting fired up every day looking at this. So, so far, four countries. We have Australia, Malaysia, Germany, Belgium, Ireland, Canada, and the USA. And from Canada specifically, cool. we have Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Quebec, Ontario, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and British Columbia. Uh, and wow. from the USA, uh, Oregon, uh, California, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, Kansas, Texas, Illinois, Kentucky, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Michigan, New York, and Maine. <laughs> Hello. What's up? Nice to have you all on board. Welcome, everyone. Yes. So, Pache, let's get into the down and dirty of your week. How's it going with you? Well, let me bring up my spreadsheet because, you know, I like to uh, journal pretty much everything here. So I am growing uh, four purple kush plants and they are still in their veg stage and it has been a long go. Uh, let me scoot down. We are in week 13, which is a very long uh, veg cycle. And so I'll just do a, a quick recap here. Um, I started out the first two weeks when they were in seedlings. Uh, then I transplanted from a solo cup into a one gallon. Um, and then after probably the start of week four, I topped and uh, then moved on and just kept watering and doing alternating between feeding them with uh, nutrients, uh, one feeding, and then the next time I'd just do calcium, magnesium. Uh, some CalMag, and I just been have been alternating back and forth, and then uh, go right on up to week seven. I've topped them again, and so this is part of my mainlining um, 
uh, strategy when it comes to growing and, and training. Because the idea, because I'm doing it inside, it's all about um, the canopy. So here's some photos here. And so I apologize for those of you listening on iHeartRadio. But right now I am showing a picture of the interior of my um, grow tent, which is a 5x5. Five five. And I have four purple kush plants. And they're all currently sitting in five-gallon fabric pots, uh, which we'll talk about later on today. Sorry to interrupt, but are these rocking out under the Maris Hydro TS-1000? They are. They're actually rocking out under my two plants. So because I'm not running a two-zone system right now, um, and four plants is the limit for my area, so I have two lights, might as well use them. Gotcha. So you have the SF-4000 in there and the TS-1000? That's right. You can just see right behind it. If you look Mm -hmm. up to the top, you can see the Mars Hydro, and then right behind it, you can see that tiny flat thing. That's the uh, SF-4000. Well, what are you trying to do? Open up a portal to the other world? The other side? Well, uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to exceed my first two grows of 1.5 and 1.4 pounds. (laughs) And uh, And look at them plants. I'm I'm shooting for two, man. Look at them. I'm shooting for two. They look healthy, so... Just want to. Oh, I just want to well, say just that. Watch. All, all kidding aside, well, yeah, I mean, come on, right? So right now, I've got a picture of uh, the scrognet. So I've got, I have one scrognet on top right now in this photo, and they're six-inch squares, and so it's a five-by-five five tent, but the um, flowering pattern that the light gives off is typically 4x4 for the SF4000. Now, because I have the Mars Hydro in there as well, I'm going to be able to go beyond that. Um, And so what you see here, the net is more like a 4x4 coverage area. Looks slick. So now there's an individual photo of one of the plants, and you can see she's short, she's bushy, just the way I want Look at the, yeah, looks good. I mean, these are healthy. Yeah, the, uh, you know, I uh, had some pest issues at the beginning. I t- have taken care of those. Oh, I haven't seen great. any real pests around. This mainlining, when it's done, um, it's beautiful. Well, w- just wait. So you can see how bushy they're getting in, in this photo here. They're almost taking up the full canopy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I've got two scrognets, one laying on top of another, but then they're offset by three inches. Yes. And so I now have 128 scrognets squares that I intend on filling with bud sites. So, love it. And, and so this next photo, so this is, uh, I'm getting down low with the photo, and you can see sort of under the canopy. Ooh, I, I shiver. you can see there's a lot yeah, of... Yeah, I shiver looking at that. Yeah, there's a lot of um, great big fan leaves that are underneath the canopy that are no longer getting um, any light. If you're going to get powdery mildew, folks, that's where you're going to get it. It's, it's going to start down there. Right in here. Yeah, and, and with the weather changing, things are getting colder at night. It's like, okay, so now it's time to lollipop. And so I wanted to take out all the undergrowth down here. And so so right before, so this is just a photo of the uh, top-down look from the canopy. Nice. And then, look, this is after my prune job uh, earlier today. So look Much better. At, uh, so I'm... I'm going to go back to the other one in a second, um, but it, you can really see the main lining, um, like the way the the plant yeah. comes up for a few nodes and then splits into two, yep. and then those split into two to make four, yep. um, and then higher up in the canopy, I topped again 
so each plant is now have has eight colas, mm-hmm. um, and I'm growing those ones out, and uh, those are the ones that are filling up the canopy uh, netting right it's now. It's a shame that most of our our listeners are not going to get a chance to see this based upon our metrics for for YouTube and and Twitch. So just to kind of create a little bit of a uh, mental picture after the lollipopping uh, took place. You know, you can really see this is if if you if you're not mainlining, this is the stuff that you're removing with you know <laughs> as as you're pruning the plants. Those tiny little clones that appear, or stuff that's almost the size of a cut that w- what you would take for a cutting that that appears at the base of the plant. But he's getting these early. And instead of them being worthless and nothing, he's cutting back the growth of the plant so those smaller branches become main branches of the plant. So it, to see it before your eyes is just incredible to finally, you know, see the final picture. So, um, so I'm expecting a bit of an explosion of growth once the, um, the plants take a day or two or three or maybe four or two sort of heal. Because uh, I, I took a, 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 about 20% of the bottom, um, and I really don't want to go beyond that, at least for another little while. Um, so the plant is, you know, if the plant is used to feeding all of those leaves and all of those bud sites, and, you know, I've taken, you know, 20% of the leaves away, well, all that energy should now go into the remaining 80% that is still remaining. And so I'm really expecting uh, over the next probably four or five days to really see um, the canopy really fill up the net. Oh, there we are. Yeah, so that is my current update. Uh, Oh, and one last thing. The um, issue I was having with the pH, my runoff was uh, quite low, although it wasn't really impacting my plants it didn't look like it i was anticipating if i didn't do something it would um, sooner or later impact it but i'm happy to report that i've been adding lime uh, feeding after feeding and now my runoff is up to 5.8 right across the board all five or all four plants are uh, reading 5.8 and uh, so everything looks very healthy and happy and i've been sort of repositioning my four plants uh, under the scrog net and i'd say another Two more weeks, maybe three at the most, I'll be uh, flipping to flower. Well, here's how I feel about this. You know, I'm just, I see this update and I see the health of the plants and I see what you're doing, you know. And this time around, right, like this is your second, this is your third grow. And I haven't really mm-hmm. been getting the updates from you that I was getting with the first couple of grows, right? Um, so I figured you were getting coiled up to show something nice because you haven't given us too much over the last couple of weeks. So I appreciate that full update tonight. They look fantastic. Kudos to you. You're over there just doing it all on your own, and uh, they look fantastic. Can't wait to see how this pans out, and thank you for sharing it with us and everybody around the world. Um, my pleasure. And uh, speaking of sharing, I'm going to stop sharing my screen and let you take over for a little bit because uh, uh, I'm anxious to hear about your update. Oh yeah. So as we talked about, you you had you know mentioned if we could get into uh, going ahead and sharing uh, my update, uh, my live feed to the uh, the chamber that I have, oh. the flowering chamber. So without uh, ado, we've got it set up so we can 
kind of get in right now and have a look and see uh, what's happening in my flowering tent. Um, kudos to technology to giving us the ability to this is amazing. kind of do this. So um, as mentioned in some of the other podcasts that we have done, um, I have a system set up that I can kind of control some of the key factors of it remotely using smart plugs. And uh, I have a, a camera set up so I can kind of pop in and check on the health uh, of the uh, of the plants. Um, also with some remote sensors that are connected to a hub that I can connect to remotely, um, which gives me the ability to keep a very close eye on everything. And then should something occur, then I can kind of head there and deal with it uh, if something happens. So that's kind of my day, (laughs) you know, is kind of keeping an eye on these types of things. Uh, In here now you can see uh, there's four plants. We have three White Widow and we have one uh, mint chocolate chip. So we had a a, a great day. I did notice that uh, some of the pH was drifting in uh, a a couple of the the buckets. So I totally uh, removed the plants and emptied the water. Um, I was due to fill up my reservoir anyway. So I got that all set up with my Diablo nutrients, my GrowTech add-on that I use for hydroponics and my open sesame which is something i also use for it's a little booster for um, mid flowering so i added that and kind of got all my pots uh, back up and and running so that's pretty much it i mean my all eyes on the prize at this point they look pretty healthy um absolutely it looks amazing and uh, you know i we need to talk more about having a, a link on the website where we can sort of click on it maybe check in on your uh, on your grow because um I, I don't know i i find it very uh, soothing i guess to just sort of watch the uh the plants just sort of breathe and move and mm-hmm. um i mean yeah it, it, it looks amazing it looks very uh, very pleasing i'm totally game to do that i just don't know how we'd be able to take this and put it there i mean something we'll definitely try if i could do it it'd be great if i could put a live feed on twitch and just you could pop in there and then i could link twitch to the to the website that's a possibility i guess but yeah we'll 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 explore that why not i never get a chance to really show everybody and i don't generally take a lot of pictures um i didn't prior because my my camera on my phone really wasn't working properly but uh moving forward let me share you know as we go through but it looks pretty good we're starting week three um so i think i got a good base established here to really get me some some weight this time so that's what awesome. kind of what i'm nice. looking for there's no scrog net involved right so what i'm doing here is basically called a a, a sog in contrast to what you had shown there apache which was a scrog right so the end result Mm -hmm. is somewhat the same but i'm doing it by hand training the plants you know to be at a specific uh height you know which kind of creates the same effect that you're going to get using a scrog and just for those that don't may be asking well why don't i i wish i could but i'm running an independent uh deep water culture system with four different buckets and i need to be able to remove the plants and uh empty the buckets and clean them out and Uh. refill them back up again and then put everything back in the system so if by using a scrog net that would just create me you know a very difficult time to to to, to do that sure right 
So moving forward, though, I'm going to go with four mint chocolate chip, and we'll see where that takes me because I'm just so satisfied. And as we get deeper into the cure of my last crop, uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, Really enjoy it. So why not focus on it for a little bit of time? We can certainly do that. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop my share. And uh, I will send that uh, back on over to Pache. And while I do that... Okay, back up. Hmm. I won't play question for the week. I won't play question question of the week for us there, Pache. So you're gonna well, you're gonna have to. It's <laughs> time. <laughs> so, so question of the week: <laughs> flower pots. What size and what type are right for your needs? Uh, so Ray, you're going to talk a little bit about um, the what and whys of the flower pots, and talk a little bit about plastic, and uh, and then send it, send it on back. Yeah, because this is a great topic, right? It, lots of people are asking lots of different types of pot related questions, right? You know, why do I need to transplant, and why can't I just start in a big pot and avoid the transplant, and all kinds of different, you know, is this pot any good, and can I use this, and all kinds of questions uh, on all of the groups asking about pots. So, I mean, why not get into it, right? Why not get into Pache's Pot Pots, which is the the, the question, the uh, title of tonight's episode. Um, but having a good pot, right, is super important because it keeps your roots happy by keeping them moist, but still allows oxygen to get to your roots, right? you got to find a balance between, you know, n- not soaking wet, but just moist, because if your roots get dry at any point, they will die, right? So it's super important that you have a pot that's going to allow you to maintain a healthy root system. So that's what we're going to dive into tonight. Um, Also, too, I wanted to just kind of make a point about using a wider container, right? Because a lot of people think that just having a really deep container is 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 going to work properly but they work but if you want to have a really really healthy plant the wider the container the better because the the roots that feed are in the top part of the soil the top six or eight inches of the soil that's where the highest concentration of your roots that feed are so by providing them a wider area to grow you're you're actually encouraging a more healthy plant that's one of the reasons that uh, outdoor plants get uh, get so large right when they have the room to grow like that so just oh. yeah just a couple of points that I, I wanted to make uh, on that because having a pot is one thing but just knowing the, what you kind of should be starting to look at uh, is, is is important to notate before you choose your actual pot right so roots can get stagnant if the soil is always wet so um we're going to get into some different types of pots that uh, we can use. And, I mean, plastic is something that everybody uses or has used at at one point, or most people. Uh, it's readily available, right? And it's uh, tried, tested, and true. You can grow cannabis in plastic containers, absolutely. Um, just can't allow your roots to get exposed to light. So usually that's why when you go to a grow shop or something like that to purchase a pot, that's why they're black. Um and that protects your roots from the light and allows them to be uh, to be healthy. But um, a lot of a little trick that a lot of people are using these days with 
pots, right? Because some people have 18 kilogram plastic containers that they repurpose and other people have five gallon pails that they repurpose and all of this stuff does work if you're growing you know a medium-sized plant or a smaller smaller size plant um it works but uh what what they do now these days is they drill holes all around the outer edge of the pot just really small holes right um maybe about an eighth of an inch all around the pot right and that creates a little bit of uh, a little bit of a difference in the pot because it it uh, allows excess moisture to to run out and and whatnot which kind of mimics some of the pots that pache is going to talk about but um, just wanted to hit a few points on plastic pots there and uh, pache you use something completely different in your grow i do so when i was just starting which was just a year ago um, i was sort of looking at the plastic and then I discovered fabric pots. Uh, I heard a lot of people talking about them in sort of the instructional videos I was watching. Um, and then air pots, which didn't seem too realistic for me as a first-time grower um, because the uh, they're very expensive, or at least they were uh, a year ago. And uh, and so I went with fabric pots, and it, it's been fantastic. I, I like the the strategy and the theory behind using the fabric pots uh, which I'll, I'll go into now um, so it allows air and moisture to pass through the fabric which is really important and it allows the excess water to pass through the sides and the bottom of the pot and sort of Ray was t- touching on that just a few moments ago um, so it will avoid overwatering or help to avoid overwatering the plants also, it will help push or flush out salt deposits, which is what I call plant poop. And as the plant consumes nutrients, it leaves behind these salt deposits. And I didn't realize how important it was to sort of push, try to push that salt through the fabric of the, of the uh, fabric pots, which after a while, you'll end up seeing the salt uh, deposits and the residue on the outside of the fabric. Um, which is now my goal to uh, to really do that, and I didn't realize and appreciate why that was so important, um, because it, the buildup could impede the nutrient uptake, and which could then stunt the growth or allow for deficiencies to occur in the plant. Um, and it's a tricky so one, yeah, right? Want it's a tricky one because the symptoms that it's showing on the top are <laughs> you don't think they're related to what's going on at the bottom. So that that can lead that can lead somebody that doesn't have the knowledge to start giving more nutrients right start yeah and that's exactly that's exactly what happened to me and and you told me you know at this point you want to um always have about 10 to 20 percent runoff um so if i'm putting in five liters i want to see probably a liter come out the bottom um and so i i never am shy now about making sure i have enough water going in that I have lots of water coming out. Um, and, and then, I don't know, do you do this, Ray, but every now, you know, at some point during your grow, do you just run a lot of water through your pots to sort of um, flush or push anything out? No, I mean, as long as you maintain the 10 to 20% runoff, that you shouldn't get in, mm-hmm. you should, really shouldn't get into a situation where you want to do that unless you met, unless you made a mistake. Maybe, okay. you know, you made a mistake with some nutrients or didn't, 
you know ph or something you maybe you made a fatal error <laughs> and you know you need right, to, right. Now you need to flush your nutrient solution that or your, your your whatever your plant is growing in but no i mean your medium yeah i wouldn't do it on a regular basis just in an emergency if necessary okay uh, and another reason i like to use the fabric pots is um the root so what happens is the with the fabric pot the root will grow and it will reach the edge uh, of where the fabric pot is and when it comes into contact with the air it sort of cauterizes the end of the root so it no longer grows in length it's called air pruning and is that what it is air pruning yeah that's called air pruning um, yeah and so it'll instead grow all these offshoots and it will really enhance the the entire root network and you'll have a much healthier root ball and a healthier root ball means a healthier stronger plant which then translates into quality and quantity of your harvest um, and look, that's so air pruning. I'm going to remember. Yeah, that. that's a valid point too, because in a plastic pot, that root system is going to reach the plastic pot and spin around and spin around and spin around. That's why when you check your plant to see if it's root bound, you can actually see the coil of roots going around and around. Air pruning stops that root behavior, so the root doesn't just get into a mess of itself, coiling around and around and around. When it reaches the outer edges of the pot, the air actually dries out the root and sets a border there, so the root can't pass it. Yeah, and, and so those are the, the two main reasons why I decided to go with the fabric pots. Um, and, I mean, the air pots, they seem to be the best because they take that theory and really ramp it up. Um, you know, and, and for our listeners, imagine taking a, a plastic bucket and from the inside poking, like taking maybe a hot nail or something like that and poking a hole outwards. Um, you know, picture what would happen, you know, if, uh, if you tried that, the outside of the bucket would bulge and out to a point, And then if you keep pushing, the nail head would push through. Um, so if you did this all over the, the, um, the bucket, that's sort of what an air pot looks like. Yeah. It almost looks like it was, pr- it was printed by a 3d printer or something when I look at it. It looks super crazy. It looks it looked like a Lego pot or something like that when I first saw them. It, it was really weird. But then I read up on it and I thought, oh, okay, you know this this is for some serious growers. Oh yeah, it, they're very difficult to overwater. Right. That's a- yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but you also have a, a fourth one that I, I don't remember coming across when i was researching uh, a year ago. Uh, hempy buckets. Yeah, hempy buckets. Yeah. So it's just a. This is a trick that people that couldn't necessarily look at their plants every day or didn't have the luxury of visiting their plants every day. So maybe you're growing in a patch of woods way behind your house or your summer home or something like that. You just can't get there every day. So if you've got some, you know, weather on the forecast where it's going to be very nice and you can't get there to water them, you use a hempy bucket. And all a hempy bucket is is um, a bucket where the drainage holes are not directly on the bottom they're up a couple of inches. So when you water the plant, it'll actually hold a few inches of water in the bottom of the, of the pot. So it'll reduce the amount of time or increase the amount of time between waterings for you. But they're tricky, right? As with anything, you, you can't, you know, you got to be very careful <laughs> with that. You can end up, if you don't do it correctly, you can become... Um, susceptible to root rot or get root rot right so that's basically the the only difference you know between a normal bucket and a and a hempy bucket they're just basically made to retain um, moisture 
the little reservoir on the bottom, basically. Exactly, exactly. So, um, okay. yeah, so interesting, cool. interesting uh, type of... Uh, I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, interesting type of uh, a bucket. But um, but tell me, though, I have a question, Bajay, because I hear that, like, so let's back up a minute. So you you use fabric pots, like, so you transplant from one fabric pot to another? Right, so I start a, I start them out in a solo cup, mm-hmm. then I transplant to a one gallon fabric, mm-hmm. and then from a one gallon to a five gallon. So how do you find fabric. how do you find the transplanting process? Uh, it is uh, a little tricky if you're doing it on on your own. Um, it's not so bad if you're going from a one gallon to a five gallon, but it's a little bit tricky if you're going to let's say from a solo cup to a three gallon to uh, a five gallon and doing it on your own just because the plant in a three gallon is going to be significantly bigger than a plant in a one gallon Mm -hmm. and so when you're sort of turning it upside down and also trying to peel the pot off at the same time um, it it can get really tricky um, and you don't want to be doing that process long because the longer you do it the bigger mess you make the, the roots start getting exposed to to light um so you just want to do it very quickly so you know, I ended up because I I pay so little for the fabric pots; they're about a buck yeah. a piece. Yeah. Um, I I just I cut them down right down the side, mm-hmm. and so I'll cut them down into um, three three slits, mm-hmm. and it makes it very easy to to peel the the sides down at that point. Gotcha. And uh, and then. You're just taking the bottom off at that point, and it's it's super easy. You, just, you destroy the uh, yeah, they're the disposable pot. to you at that point. But it, yeah, but that's right. But you don't disrupt the the plant over a buck. That's right for the cost of a mm-hmm. you know one hundred pennies. I think that's a great tip because um, I see people struggling with it all the time online. Well, I, my first time I did, I, I struggled with it, and it was a real pain in the ass, and it uh, it was kind of frustrating, and it, it was just annoying. And I didn't want to have to ask anyone for help because, you know, just for that one little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, I sort of recognized, like, dude, your problem is a one has a $1 solution. <laughs> Cut it and, and get another one for your next grow. Right. It's not even, you're not even dealing with it this for the rest of this grow. You're dealing with it your next grow. Yeah. Gotcha. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's fair enough. So if you're out there and you're using them and you're having this problem, I you know maybe that's the solution uh other people i've seen you know take a knife or a long knife and kind of cut around the edges and then peel it back and cut along the bottom you know when i've watched people do it i've seen them do it but i i kind of cringe when i see the poor roots uh, undergoing that it's like they've grabbed on to the you know you can almost feel them tearing away yeah, I yeah, the, uh, taking I I mean I I've seen it I've seen it done on, online. Mm-hmm. Um but you're right, it gives me that sort of cringy feeling like oh no, no. But yeah, yeah and, and you also notice that the uh the soil will start you know, the longer the soil's been in the pot, the soil will start to to shrink and, and um yes. condense down and and compact yes. and it will start to pull away from the sides a bit. Mm-hmm. So uh you'll be able to start to t- tell okay, it's you know, maybe in a few more days or another week a transplant will little be a little bit easier to uh to manage. Mm-hmm. So that's um that kind of happens with a lot of different pots that kind of pulling away from the sides. It happens in, in plastic 
if your if your your material that that's in your pockets gets dry you know that's kind of what happens it condenses then when you go to water it again it'll it'll pour over the sides you know it doesn't get sucked up right away that's why you sometimes you got to pour really slow to get the first top layer of the soil uh wet right then once Mm -hmm. once it gets wet then you can continue pour more and and it'll get absorbed right away but um brings up the 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 question here because i do see you know some chit chatter back and forth about bottom feeding versus top feeding online uh Pache, i know you're a top feeder i am so i uh i use the met- the top feeding method you know where i, I mix my solution my nutrients my cow mag um and then the last piece of the puzzle before the uh the water goes into the the plant is i adjust my ph once i have that dialed in and i and myself personally because of my soil issues i like to have my ph sort of at the high range and I like to just be around 6.9 um, but when I top feed so and just to I'll sort of go back to a seedling um, because I when I was first doing this I was like you know what's the best way to water a, a seedling you know I, I bought a sprayer but that seemed <laughs> like a, a super overkill mm-hmm. um, and, and I found this guy who used a paper towel method where he just took a paper towel wet it like soaked it and he would then squeeze it next to the plant. And then he would squeeze all the water out, put it back in um, a cup of water, allow it to absorb the water again, and he would squeeze it again. And it was a great way to, that I thought to really control the amount of water that the seedling is getting. Um, you know, you can control where you're putting it, how much the, the seedling's getting, Um and so, yeah, that, that's what I've been using um, ever since. And when I do that, I sort of keep it right next to the seedling and I soak it so the water gets all the way down to the bottom because I want that taproot to follow the path of the water. Um, and then once I feel, you know, a few days have gone by and I know that taproot is down there, uh, then I will water around the rim of the solo cup um, because I want the roots to now start to search and stretch out um sort of yearning for that water um and yeah so that's uh what i do when it's in a solo cup and then after two to three weeks they're ready for transplant um and like i said i now go into a one gallon fabric pot uh, and i do the same thing once the um transplant is complete I continue to water along the outer rim, and I always want that the roots to stretch and grow and, and be in search of, of the water and stretch out. And I do this until I transplant into the five-gallon pots. Um, now that I'm close to the end of the veg cycle and I won't be transplanting anymore, you know, I water to the point where the water level gets, you know, to the point where you had just said where the the soil is sort of compacting now, and I'll water, and the water level will fill up to the point where I will overflow, mm-hmm. and I sort of have to then move on to the next plant, and the same thing will happen. And by the time I've watered all four plants, sometimes the I'll be ready to start the cycle over again. But I I I kind of, it takes a long longer process, but I really like this process because I know that by the time I get my runoff, the entire soil part of the plant is is really uh fed well mm-hmm. um and, and so i i really like this and i'll do this until i get um my 10 to 20 percent runoff so i can measure that mm-hmm. and it's you know it's a fine line because you don't want it to get too dry either 
but the you know that's kind of one of the names of the game right is paying very close attention to that you don't want to keep everything too moist so you end up getting root rot and you don't want to keep everything too dry so you end up losing roots it's that happy medium right um absolutely that's why i have the journal so i can sort of notice okay i've been feeding every um five days for quite a while um the last couple times i can see the leaves starting to droop a bit so now i know you know it's time to to move to four days if you're somebody out there growing in a plastic bucket right now a five gallon bucket say for instance or something a little bit bigger uh and if you're listening to this and you're going to go out and you're going to put a bunch of you know uh holes around the bucket so the roots can get some oxygen um you know be prepared for a couple of things that you should know uh ahead of time uh, you're going to need um a good sized drip pan right but jake is when you're when you're watering like that sometimes it can come running out of the side it does that on the fabric pots absolutely and you can see in, in the photo that i just brought up that i've got clear uh, saucers so they're my fabric pots are 12 inch is in diameter the base and the saucers that i have are 16 inches so there's plenty of, of um, runoff that it, that it can handle. So, and when you do this, right, you're going to have to water more. That's the thing. For anybody growing in a plastic pot that is going to do this, your, your soil or your soilless mixture is going to dry out much quicker than it did before, which is good. But you're going to have to go ahead and, uh, and, and water more frequently. So something to keep in mind um completely but uh top feeding that seems to be the norm but there are people out there that do bottom feed i have to tell you pache i'm not a fan of this method oh really yeah not a fan of bottom feeding yeah yeah hmm. you know i have to say that right offhand i'm not saying that you can't do it and and it, and it won't work and stuff don't get me wrong there i'm just saying i'm not a fan of uh, of the method um I can certainly assure you if you were using like, you know, advanced nutrients or um, even something like Diablo nutrients, right? If you're using a, a fertilizer system with cannabis and you grow in a bottom feed system, I can't see how that would work with you drying the salts up into the plant instead of carrying them mm. away from the plant. Okay. Oh, I never thought of that. So that so that's one thing. Now with um like and one thing i've seen using rock wall cubes and stuff over the years like water only wicks up so far okay so if you've got a five gallon bucket say water only wicks up about six or eight inches it won't wick up to the upper layer from the bottom like that okay so um even if you bottom feed the top can still get dry on you um and if the water becomes stagnant in the drip tray, which I've seen happen, uh, under lights, like all water, need, all all you need is lights and nutrients and water, and boom, you got algae, and algae will start mm. to grow very, very quickly in your uh, drip trays. I've seen it happen. Um, okay, so not good. Yeah, but they do recommend it in live soil, and live soil mm. is something, Pache. I got to tell you. I'm getting awful impressed with this live soil thing. Um, I get, there's I got stuff going on right now with it, um, but I'm super. Is this the side project that uh, that you've been working on? Yes, basically. So, um, 
Yeah. A uh, little treat, I guess, for, for those that made it this deep into the episode. Um, I have been working with, uh, with, with a company that has a micro license and uh, they use a live soil uh, system. And um, I came on board when the grow was already underway uh, and had to kind of assist to help get things back into a healthy and, and happy state. Um, so I had to get in deep learning about live soil, which we're going to have a whole episode on. Uh, Ooh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. So we'll we'll talk about that. But I'm super impressed with what I see. It's been absolutely amazing. I approached it with skepticism for sure, right? Like, okay, you mean to tell me I don't have to give this thing a hundred dollars worth of nutrients? You know what I mean? To <laughs> have a home run, whatever the case may be, and. Um, I'm so impressed. So we'll get deep into that. Uh, but it's somebody that I used to work with uh, a few years ago in another big medical grow. Uh, so it's not uh, somebody that, that that's foreign to me. Um, it's under license from a company in uh, in New Brunswick as well. So yeah, it's great to be part of the team. Um, they've welcomed me that's very exciting with open arms and you know we're getting in deep and we're going to be able to talk about some of the things that we do um they're growing with led lights uh pache but they're not the led lights that you have they're you know i consider your led lights like in my head third generation right then i i consider second generation like the blurples and then first, okay. then first generation, all the experimental ones, you know, all the different spectrums and all the ones that didn't work at all, you know, um, homemade ones, things like that. But yeah, going to be interesting to see how it all goes. Uh, very excited with stuff like that. But it was, uh, you know, you were kind of getting into talking a little bit about, um, you know, what you do with transplanting, but that's going to be next week's show. Hey. Yeah, let's get into transplanting, and uh, because it was a bit stressful when I first did it, because you know I was doing it by myself on my own, um, and you would guide me over the over the phone, but that was it. Yeah, so I think next week we'll get into do like you know transplanting, when to transplant, right? Seedlings, how to pop a seed, um, stuff like that. Maybe cloning, right? We'll take a look at what you need for cloning and and. Because I think that's something that uh, a lot of people that are listening that may potentially get into the two tenth system and um, may potentially be cutting their own clones. Right? This is all important stuff that uh, I think we should talk about. Um, and I'll also share where I buy my seeds. Awesome. Yeah, and I think that's great because there's lots of companies out there that are not as good as others. Um, we all know how I feel about Crap King and my experience with them. So. We'll uh, we'll share this information with our listeners so they can make an informed decision about where they want to purchase their seeds. So that'll be next week's episode. Pache, any closing words for this week? Uh, not really. I just want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, so this weekend, we in Canada are having a, a holiday called Thanksgiving. Um, you know where we give thanks and uh, we share appreciation of one another. Um, and so I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving weekend once again, and, 
Ray, it was uh, great chatting with you and uh, and connecting again. Yes, absolutely. I can't wait until we do it all again next week. And thank you very much to all of our listeners out there. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving and a great week ahead. We'll talk next week, Pache. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe. Bye-bye.